out to you. You're all very welcome. As Pete said at the start, um, this is a service for everyone, so you're all welcome to stay in. So parents, if your children are noisy, um, they can stay. Children, if your parents are noisy, they can stay in as well. That's okay. The service is for everyone. Um, and very simply this morning, we're going to be thinking about that passage that was just read in Matthew chapter 2. And we're going to see three things that the wise men learned about baby Jesus. But let me pray for us first as we do that. Father God, whether we're new to these things or heard them hundreds of times before, we pray you would help us this morning to see more amazing things about baby Jesus. And we pray this in his name. Amen. So the first thing that we find out about Jesus is that he is a promised king. He's a promised king. Now, promises are really important at Christmas time. I would love you to put your hand up if you're hoping for a Christmas present this year. Hands up if you're hoping for a Christmas present. Keep your hands really high if you've been promised a Christmas present. Now, I've got a mic, and I might come and ask some of the children if they can tell me what they're hoping for for Christmas. This could be interesting. Let me see. Who do we have? Who do we have? Ah, oh, Georgie. I want a field bunny. A field bunny? A real bunny. Real bunny. A real bunny. <laughs> Exciting. Who else has their hands up? Lawrence. Here we go. Drone. A drone. <laughs> wow. That's an exciting present. Who else do we have? Do we have another hand? Over here. One more hand. Computer. Computer. Wow. Look at that. So many people want Christmas presents, don't they? Now, it's really important that we can trust promises that are made. Now, I don't know if those parents have made promises about a real bunny and a drone and a computer. But we want to know that when we wake up on Christmas morning and we come downstairs with a present and we open the present, that we're not disappointed. That it's not just a pair of smelly old socks, but that we can trust mum and dad. And you know, at the first Christmas, they found out that they could trust God. The wise men found out they could trust God because he made promises and kept them. There's a verse that's going to come up on the screen from Matthew chapter 2. Let me read it out. It says this, when he had called together all the, chief, all the people's chief priests and teachers of the law, he asked them where the Messiah was to be born. In Bethlehem in Judea, they replied, for this is what the prophet had written. The wise men came to Jerusalem looking for a king and they thought, I know what I'll do. I'll get a Bible out. Because God had made promises hundreds of years earlier, hundreds of years earlier, about baby Jesus. Now, 700 years earlier, there was a prophet called Micah. And the prophet Micah had made a promise about Jesus. Let's hear what the prophet Micah had to say. Uh, the king will come from Bethlehem king will come from Bethlehem. The prophet Micah had said 700 years earlier that the king would come from Bethlehem. And so the wise men, they went off to Bethlehem, they left Jerusalem. And what they found when they got to Bethlehem was that there was the little baby. The little baby had been born just as God had promised. God had made a promise 700 years earlier and he kept that promise. Isn't that amazing? And you know, the Bible is full of promises about Jesus made hundreds of years earlier. So Moses, he wrote 1,400 years before Jesus was born. And the, let's hear what Moses said about this king. There will be a king from the tribe of Judah who will bless the whole world. Wow, 1,400 years earlier. And David wrote 1,000 years earlier. 1,000 years earlier. 
The king will be rejected, killed, and resurrected. He'll be greater than David ever was. And Isaiah wrote 700 years earlier. A king will be born of a virgin and suffer for our sins. And Zechariah wrote 500 years earlier. It didn't quite fit on the page, we only wrote Zech on this one, but it's okay. 500 years earlier. The king will ride on a donkey, be betrayed for 30 pieces of silver, and um, be pierced to death to cleanse us from our sin. Thank you. And so the Bible is full of loads and loads and loads of promises all about Jesus made hundreds of years before he was ever even born. And we could have gone even more than that. Promise after promise after promise. God made promises and he kept them. And they're all fulfilled in Jesus. Now, one question that we all have, isn't it, is who can we trust? Who can we trust? Whether it's our mum and dad with Christmas presents or whether it's the politicians leading the country or whether it's what we read in the papers. We have one question, don't we? Who can we trust? And the wise men, they found out at the very first Christmas that they could trust the God of the Bible, that when God made promises, he kept them. So that's the first thing we see about Jesus. He's our promised king. And if you've never read the Bible, if you've never had a, a chance to have a look through, why not this Christmas take a chance to read through and find out about God, the God who makes promises and keeps them? So there's the first thing. Jesus is our promised king. The second thing that the wise men learned about Jesus was that he is the shepherd king. He is the shepherd king. There's a verse that's going to come up on the screen. This is from what the prophet Micah said. It said this, But you, Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, are by no means least among the rulers of Judah. For out of you will come a ruler who will shepherd my people, Israel. Baby Jesus will be a ruler that's a king who will shepherd God's people. So he's going to be a shepherd king. Now, I know that we're mostly Londoners here in this room and might not have seen many shepherds or sheep out here. But I've done some research and I can tell you what the key thing about being a shepherd is. Shepherds have to keep the sheep safe. Shepherds have to keep the sheep safe. And I've gone one step further than research. This morning, I have a shepherd with us. Shepherd Loz is going to come on with his sheep and we're going to see what happens. So Shepherd Loz has to keep his sheep safe. When the sheep wanders away, the shepherd has to keep him safe. Or when the sheep is getting attacked, the shepherds have to keep them safe. Or if the sheep are getting a little bit hungry and might be in danger of starving to death, the shepherd has to keep them safe. Mmm, grass smoothie. You see, shepherds have to keep their sheep safe. And so when the Bible says that Jesus is a shepherd king, what that means is that Jesus keeps his people safe. Jesus keeps his people safe. 
Now, that's very important for us because one question that we have today, isn't it, is where do we find safety? Where do we find safety? Because there are so many different things that we're afraid of. I don't know if you've ever thought about that. There are so many things we're afraid of. We might be afraid of the dark. We might be afraid of bullies at school. We might be scared of terrorists or failure or loneliness or the opinions of others or 2018 or ourselves or God. Or There's so many things that we might be afraid of. But when the Bible calls Jesus a shepherd king, it means that Jesus is going to keep his people safe. He's going to keep his people safe. Now, I was at Oxford Circus just a, a few weeks ago in the middle of the, what everyone thought was the attack. And we were all running away from what we thought could be really bad. And you could smell the fear in the air as we were running away. It was very frightening. And we all want to know, where can we find safety? Where can we find safety? But the Bible says that Jesus is a shepherd king. He's the one who keeps people safe. But how does he do that? How does he do that? Well, the way he does that is by cutting out fear at its very heart, going back to the very source of the problem where fear came from. And it's a bit like this. I need the sheep again. Come forward, Mr. Sheep. Come forward, Mr. Sheep. You see, the Bible says that the source of our fear ultimately comes down to us being a little bit like sheep, being a little bit like sheep. See, when God made the world, people loved one another. People loved him perfectly. We didn't have to be afraid of other people. We didn't have to be afraid of bullies and of terrorists and of what other people thought of us because we loved one another perfectly. And we loved God perfectly. We trusted that he had everything in control. We loved him. But a bit like sheep over here, we wandered away from God. We wandered away from our creator. And because we wandered away from him, we started not loving other people and not loving him as we should. And that's where the source of all of our fear comes from as we look around the world, it's that we don't love other people and don't love God as we should. We're like sheep who've wandered away. But you know, Jesus came into the world to be like a shepherd, to be like a shepherd king. And he came to come and rescue people who've wandered away, people like us. He did that. The baby born in the stable in Bethlehem died on a cross at Easter. And he did that to rescue us from our sins, to be like this shepherd. And so today, Christians who trust in Jesus don't have to be afraid because Jesus forgives our sins and one day he'll bring us home to heaven. And so now we can trust him, trust him that he's going to keep us safe. So there's the second thing that the wise men learned about Jesus, that he is a shepherd king. He keeps his people safe. The third and final thing that we learn about King Jesus is that he is a treasured king. He is a treasured king. There's a verse that's going to come up on the screen. And it tells us what happens when the wise men arrived at the house where baby Jesus was. Let me read it out. It says this, On coming to the house, they saw the child with his mother Mary, and they bowed down and worshipped him. Then they opened their treasures and presented him with gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. So the wise men arrived at Jesus's place where he was born, and they gave him some presents. The very first Christmas presents gold, frankincense, and myrrh. It might have looked a bit like this. I think it will come up on the screen as well. It might look a little bit like this. We have some gold, some frankincense, and some myrrh. Now, you may not know what they are. You may not be able to spell them either. But let me tell you the most important thing. These are very, 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 very expensive things. The wise men came with gifts that were very, 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 very expensive. They were so expensive and they gave them to King Jesus to show Jesus just how much they loved him. 
Now, we know at Christmas time, we give gifts to people to show them how much we love them. When our hearts are in the right place, we want to show people that we love them, so we give them gifts. Now, it might look a little bit like this. I've asked Ben and Courtney to come up to the front. Ben and Courtney to come up to the front. Now, Ben and Courtney are married, and I want you to imagine that it is Christmas Day, and it's the morning, and Ben has decided he wants to give a present to Courtney to show Courtney just how much he loves her. Now, he's got some presents here to unwrap, for Courtney to unwrap. Now, just before he does that, I've got to give you a bit of a warning. Ben's not very good at picking presents sometimes. So we're going to see how he goes. We're going to see how he goes. So here we go. Happy Christmas, Courtney. I love you. But it's empty. It's empty. Yeah, I love you. Just an empty box. Ben, that's not a very good present. You can't just give her nothing. You've got to show her that you love her. Why don't you try again? Have another go. Have another go. Happy Christmas, Courtney. I love you. (laughs) What do we got here? A screwdriver. Screwdriver. And an iron. And an iron. iron. Some paint. Some paint. Yeah, I got you a screwdriver, an iron, and some paint so that you can help me with some, you know, household jobs. Ben, you can't do that. You can't give someone a present so that they can then do something for you. It just doesn't work like that. You can't give them that thing and then say, you've got to help me with something. You don't give someone a present to do that. That's not very good at all. That's definitely not very good. I think you need to have another go. Have a third attempt. Happy Christmas, Courtney. I love you. Oh, here we go. It's a framed picture of us Aww. and some chocolate. Maybe. My favourite. That's so so kind of thoughtful. <laughs> Look at that. Well done, Ben. See, Ben gave Corny a present. You can have that back. Just to hold that for a second. There we go. <laughs> ben gave Corny a present to show her how much he loves her. I know it was like that at the very first Christmas. The wise men appeared and they came and saw Jesus and they gave him these really, really expensive gifts, gold, frankincense and myrrh, to show Jesus just how much they loved him. And that's the way that it should be. But, you know, sometimes we, we, we try and treat Jesus a, a little bit like Ben did with the first two presents. Sometimes we might, might say that we're Christians. We might say we follow Jesus, but actually in reality, there, there's nothing. We give him nothing in our lives to show that we love him. Sometimes it might be that we, we, we never come to church. Sometimes it might be we don't even think about him. And we say we love Jesus, but actually we don't. And just like Ben gave that first present to Courtney, it, it doesn't show Courtney that he loves her. Or maybe like the second present, we come to Jesus and say, I'll give you this, and then Jesus, you can do something in return for me. I'll come to church and then you'll bless my life. If I live a good life, then you'll let me get into heaven. Sometimes we can treat Jesus a little bit like that, and that's not what love really is. 
That's not what love is. Like the wise men, they saw Jesus was the promised king. They saw Jesus was the shepherd king and they thought, I love him so much because of who he is and what he's going to do. And because I love him, I'm going to give him those presents. That's what they thought. And so for us, as we come to a close, as we've seen what Jesus is like, as we've seen he's the promised king, as we've seen he's the shepherd king, the one we can trust, the one who can keep us safe. As we spend time over Christmas enjoying all sorts of wonderful things, like trees and like presents and like lights, as we enjoy all those things, let's not forget Jesus. Let's not forget him. Let's spend some time reflecting on what we think about Jesus, whether we treasure him like the wise men did at that very first Christmas. So I hope that you all have a really wonderful time over Christmas. But don't forget Jesus. Don't forget our promised king, our shepherd king, and our treasure king. Let me lead us in prayer. Father God, thank you for sending Jesus into the world. Thank you that we can trust him. Thank you that he keeps us safe. And thank you that he is a treasured king, one whom we can love. And I pray this Christmas, all of us would spend time thinking about Jesus, getting to know him because of who he is and what he's done for us. Amen.